Ryan Carver of The Grave Denial has come for a talk with The Antidote. Ryan, good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I was almost going to describe you as a gentleman, but I guess I'd sort of be stretching the truth since this is a hard rock band. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, is there anything gentle about your music? Um, we have a ballad that we released on Time to Rise album. It's very gentle. It's called Unlovable. 90% of people feel unlovable. And so I wrote a song called Unlovable to reach 90% of the people, to let them know they're not. And why do they think they're not lovable? It's just natural. It's, you know, rejection-wise, I guess. I don't know. It was actually a therapist that I was talking to, and she says, yes, 90% people feel unlovable. I tried to put things in the song, you know, of why. If you think you're all alone or because you did this or you have a past, it doesn't matter. You know, you are lovable. Does this mean then that you're the primary songwriter? Yes, I write all the music. And Stephen, our vocalist, is a lot better at writing lyrics. So... Sometimes I just come to him with a title of a song like Flatline, and uh, he wrote everything about it. You know, I told him what I felt the song was about. You know, it's about when you die, that's it. It's what you do before you die. And he wrote all the lyrics. He knew what I meant. So he writes a lot of the lyrics. I will sometimes give him an outline of a song. But when it comes to fine-tuning, I leave that up to him. We should back this up a little bit. Give us the whole lowdown of who's in the band and what the role is in that. Okay, there's Steven Rester. He is our vocalist. Jacob Hanna is on drums. Me, Ryan Carver, I'm on the guitar. And for now, we're just doing backing tracks for bass. Yeah, our bass player that we did have, he couldn't leave his job and tour and, you know, without putting his family in jeopardy. So he couldn't do it. And so we didn't replace him. We just, you know, used his tracks. How did the three of you meet? Craigslist. Come on, you're kidding me. That's always the joke. A Craigslist band? Yep. (laughs) I Googled. I was living in Montana and I put out a Christian contemporary CD and Googled, where should I go to try to make it in the music business? And it said Nashville. I moved to Nashville and I put an ad on Craigslist. Uh, The drummer, me and Jacob, has been the longest. He was right away. And then we had the bass player who was Rick Mullins. And then we had a female singer for a little while. It didn't work out. And so put another ad in Craigslist And Stephen answered, and that's how we all came together. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. Now, when I went searching for the Grave Denial online, I kept finding the tag, formerly known as Evercross. Yeah. Was it simply a name change, or was there something more? No, it was a name change. We got a new producer, and he felt there could be a better name. And there was a band from, I think it was Russia, also named Evercross. 
So when we released our stuff, it kept getting mixed in with theirs on Spotify and all that. So we came up with five names, and then we let the fan pick. And Grave Denial is what they picked out of the five we came up with. Going to share any of those other ones? I don't remember because I was the one that came up with Grave Denial. So <laughs> I... <laughs> So you pulled rank. Yeah. <laughs> you told me before this started that you're the elder statesman of the band. Yes, sir. There's quite an age difference between you guys. Yes. Our drummer's 20-something, and the singer's 32, and I'm going to be 54. And so when it comes to musical influences, it's all over the place. Like, my drummer turns me on to bands I've never heard or would have, you know, because I'm a Metallica diehard fan. And he's like, well, you know, there's other bands nowadays that you should listen to. Is that a good thing to have that diverse range of influences? Oh, yeah. Because I think that helps us give a, a unique sound. Because I may do uh, the music writing, but... It comes from ideas from everybody. Like my drummer will show me a song, you know, listen to the bridge on here, you know, and then that gives me an idea of something that would sound cool in one of our songs. And so, yeah, it's great for writing. You've re-released older Evercross music under a new title, the Raw and Uncut EP. Yes. It's certainly different from the Grave Denial's current sound. Yeah. Were you not happy with the band's previous style? Uh, you know, every band, they're trying to get their sound. And so when we got our new producer, Jake Jones, he co-wrote a few songs with us. And you can tell from Raw and Uncut, then we went in the studio and we did Take the Pain, Breath of Death, and God Awaits. We had written all those. You can see that's a little different. And then Fake and Cloak and Dagger, our producer kind of helped write. And that's a little different. You know what I'm saying? That it got a little different each time. But our next one is actually going to go back to our harder stuff. We kind of miss that. So what did Jake actually do to really change what you were doing? Um, well, we're a Christian band. And we were not getting any followers, not getting anywhere trying to get our music out. And so he took us and said, I can get you on the charts, but you got to change the way you sound. And we're like, well, no, we don't change for nobody. <laughs> and he's all, that's not what I mean. I mean, you just got to keep your mind open to new ideas. It's not just you. And so we did. And so we gave it a try. So that's how that all came about is he was trying to show us, you know, you can be Christian and write this type of music, but we do like the harder stuff. It's funner to play to us. But, you know, we're very God oriented. And so we feel he leads us in a certain way. And so that's that's where we go. Well, then why don't we get into one of those older songs? Okay. The Great I Am has a line that says, He's forever your father, your closest friend, everything you need to the very end. 
many Christian artists don't make their message as obvious as something like that from the grave denial. Yeah. Is one way of writing a song better than another? Well, it's funny. There's two songs that were written in five minutes. This is one of them. This is one of our oldest songs, actually. And we heard a band play. I went home that night, couldn't sleep. And it just came to me. And I wrote all this song in about five minutes. You know, that never happens. Of course, it had to be refined and all that. A song is so clear that comes to you, you know, that you need to not beat around the bush. You know, we're talking about God, and we want you to know how much God loves you, and God's not this big judgmental guy sitting on a throne. He's your friend. He's everything. So that's why that song's, you know, doesn't beat around the bush, lets you know it's God. It's God without taking it into the Jesus is my boyfriend type of realm. Right. <laughs> You've mentioned about Jake Jones and what he's been doing, and you're talking about trying to get some exposure. Well, your band has had success on the music charts. So has climbing the charts benefited the band directly? No, but it's not because of anybody's fault. It's, of course, because of COVID. Everybody's putting everything on hold. So nobody's, you know, really doing nothing. So... We're glad, you know, we had a song go do so good, Cloak and Dagger, but has anything come of it? Not yet, but I'm sure it will. It's just things aren't so good right now for the music industry. You were speaking about COVID, and of course that's coming up on every interview I've had over the past couple of months. I mean, the effect of the virus on some artists, it's virtually shut them down. Yep. So how is 2020 going to look for the grave denial? Well, about a month ago, we did a festival there in Lewisburg, Tennessee. That was Stephen's Church Festival. We actually was shooting videos and just put it all together, you know, at the same time. And we had a good turnout, and you know, especially for COVID. But we haven't even advertised yet. We've been asked to do Extreme Tour 2020. And that's all of August, and it's the Northeast. You know, it starts New York, Pennsylvania, Boston, Michigan, Illinois, and down to Indiana. We will be doing all of August. We'll be doing that tour. So long as COVID (laughs) has the brakes put on it. Yeah, so the tour manager calls about every other day, you know, trying to update us and so far, everything's still on the go because up in the Northeast, they're kind of slacking off. They're starting to let people do things. So luckily, that's where we're starting. So I asked about climbing the charts. That kind of success can turn into pride. And pride is at the center of the song, Friendly Enemy. Isn't balancing achievements without becoming prideful sort of like walking a tightrope? Yes, You see it so many times, people can't wait to make it. You know, things will be perfect when you make it. And then when they make it, it falls apart. Bands have egos. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in a band. 
you know, let's be honest, or you wouldn't be up there wanting to play on stage. And so when we talk about it, we decided earlier, you know, this is, we believe, you know, to glorify God. And so when we wanted to get more recognition, it was to glorify him. It wasn't to make more money because, first of all, nowadays you're not going to make money, you know, unless you really are doing well. So we told ourselves, you know, we're not in this for the money. We're in this to tell people about God. And so we want to get recognition so we can play more, so we can share more. So we keep each other grounded that way. You know, we kind of remind each other every now and then if somebody starts getting a little bit of an ego about, hey, you know, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be here anyway. Doing some of these interviews, people are appalled sometimes when I bring up the business end of the music machine. And they say, well, you know, it's not a music machine. It's a ministry. God has given me this. It's true, but it's still a business. Yeah. One way or the other, what we found out about writing this new stuff, you know, with Jake, either sucks or it sounds like every other band. It's finding that something that makes you stand out. It's so hard in the Christian because everything you write, everybody's all, you sound just like, you know, so-and-so or you suck. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true in mainstream too. Yeah. It's like, who do they sound like? Well, they sound like this band. I don't offer comparisons because I don't think that's fair. People should just listen to them and see what they think. Yeah, like them or don't. We've been talking about your earlier music, but really we should need to get into the new album, <laughs> Time to Rise. Man, it's excellent. You know, there's more depth to the lyrics and the music is still hard, but it's also smoother you really thought it was time for a change or was this Jake's doing? Um, it was a little of both. We went to Jake. We had them three songs, Take the Pain, Breath of Death, and God Awaits. And he says, okay, these are okay, is what his exact words were. I can work with these, but you've got to write better. He goes, I'm going to make you write better and I'm going to make you play better. And he's right. It's a hard pill to swallow when somebody tells you your songs aren't that good, but you can do better. And your first response is, who does he think he is? Well, he's an award-winning producer, you know, so <laughs> he might know what he's talking about. Actually, Jake Jones is my brother's wife's cousin. That's actually how we met. I'd never even heard of him until my sister-in-law says well my cousin's a producer you should look him up and i was like oh great and then i looked him oh wow so that's how we met and then i sent him some of our evercross stuff and so anyway he just was look your family because we got along really well i will help you right you know and so then we wrote unlovable and welcome to the pack and we sat in a room and we're writing the lyrics, me, Stephen, and Jacob. You know, we come up with the line, and Jake would say, nope, not good enough. You can do better. And so he really made us write better and gave us the mindset of how to write better. And it's okay to Google 
something or to get masterwriter.com to help you write. You know, you pray, you know, that God will bless this song and you ask for lyrics. Well, God's saying, yeah, but you can write lyrics too. I'm not going to do everything for you. So it was a time for change and just try to better ourselves as a band. The Grief Denial song, Fake. The lyrics really made me curious when it says, when you step into the room, all your faces become clear. From the filters that you choose to hide the truth you hold so dear. That line fits many people. Right. But it could also be applied to Satan's lies. Yeah. So who were you thinking of when the song was being written? Okay, that was our singer, Stephen Rester. That's his baby. We were sitting in a room and Jake goes, well, what song, what other song ideas do you have? And Stephen goes, well, I've been writing a song about the fake people on social media. How they look so different on social media and would say things they would never say to your face. And he was so furious about the way people are on there. He wrote, oh, about half of it. And then we, the rest of us all sat together, you know, and came up with the rest. And it can be taken as Satan, but it was originally just social media. He was just so furious at people on social media. <laughs> what about your band on social media? Is this a big part of your life? Yeah, it has to be. When you go into music nowadays, there's so many bands doing so many things and so many people can record. So there's so much out there that you have to every day be talking to your fans or you lose them because there's so many great bands out there. That's really good music every day. I'm on social media, at least two or three hours, you know, just trying to keep up with everything that's going on. Do you find that annoying or frustrating? Yes. I'm not a business guy on stage. I'll be staring at people and waving at them and all this and smiling. You get me off stage and you can hardly get a word out of me. I'm not a very people person. You know, I'm very shy. People ask me, man, that's a nice pickup. You got in that guitar. What are they? And I just look at them and walk away, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I, if it's up to me, I would just play guitar. You know, but you can't, you know, if you really believe in this and you really want to do it, you've got to get on social media. If you want to work, it's not just going to fall in your lap. It does not happen that way. You've heard so many bands, you know, God gave me these lyrics and God says he will bless me. Okay, great. You know, but your idea of a blessing and God's idea of a blessing may be two different things. You know, we've prayed about it, and I feel God told us, yeah, but you got to work for it. You can't just wait and see what happens. You've got to make it happen with God. One of the top songs I find from the album is the title track, Take the Pain. The song says, Mr. Hate loves to see you scared, tells you lies till you're terrified. Now, I've seen a photo of the Grave Denial, and you guys look so intimidating. (laughs) that I can't imagine any of you being afraid. Yeah, especially Steven, our singer. He's six foot something, and he's very intimidating, and he's like a youth pastor. 
he's just a big old teddy bear, you know. <laughs> he has that look to him, and he's got that honor tattooed on his arm, you know. He'll scare you. But Take the Pain was the only other song that I wrote in one night at like three in the morning. I was just laying there, and I couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, because everything was going through my head. Because as a musician, you're almost scared if you do make it, because then that means you have to go on tour. And on tour means missing out on all kinds of family stuff. You know, means telling your wife, look, I'm going to be gone. I can't go to, you know, Christmas with everybody. That fear kind of, you know, you want to make it, but you don't know. Well, it keeps you up at night. That Satan, he creeps in there and he can make you so scared of things that don't even matter. But yet you'll lay awake thinking about it. And so that's where that song came from. It's just all the self-doubt. This may come across as being odd, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why does the grave denial make music? Like, what is it that motivates you to do this? Um, I'll say it that my drummer, Jacob, will testify on his knees that God told him this is what he's to be doing. For me, I was in an 80s band. And then I quit for 20 years, worked on a ranch in Montana. And then I went to Albuquerque to my brothers, and the church there was all updated, you know, had the fog machines and all that, and they were playing. <laughs> and I was like, man, I want that. So I went home, and I prayed about it and stuff, and, and I actually had a conversation with God, and I was like, I'm not good enough you know, to play other people's music. I don't have a lot of self-confidence with my guitar playing. And God said, I will give you the music. It will be your own. So I will say God told me to. This is what I want you to do. You know, so I pursued it wholeheartedly. And I told my wife, we moved to Nashville. And she said, okay, you know, I'll give you a year and see how it is. And I just laughed. And she's. I said, this does not happen in a year. I said, it'll be years. And then we'll see if we can make it. So the Grave Denial makes music because Stephen feels the same way. He was in a band. He did a lot of drugs back in the day and was in a secular band. So we call him Dr. Feelgood. I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> so I'm happy hour. And poor Jacob was a misfit. You know, he was always bullied in high school because he was different. And Stephen feels the same way. You know, he prayed about it, prayed about it. And, of course, he missed it. And I missed it being on stage. Both me and him had been on stage. So we had that bug, you know. So we do it because, of course, we want to be on stage. But more importantly, that's why we write about God. It's because we want to be on stage to share about God. And you're doing it there on the island of misfit toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Ryan, I really appreciate having you here for this talk on The Antidote, man. Thanks very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> 